The advice and opinions expressed by the hosts of Autism Live and her guests are meant solely as suggestion and should not be in any way construed as child-specific advice. The Center for Autism and Related Disorders advises working with a board-certified behavior analyst who has experience with autism before starting any intensive behavioral intervention. Any choices you make in determining your child's treatment are completely at your own discretion. Welcome to Autism Live. I'm Shannon Penrod, and we are coming to you live from the back room in my house. In fact, it's raining here in Los Angeles. And so if you start hearing the pitter-patter of drumming, it is not a drum circle in my house. It is the rain. Um, and you caught me putting on some moisturizer because like all of you, I'm washing my hands compulsively. And I have the hands of a 98-year-old woman who worked in a coal mine. <laughs> so... And like, it's a, it's crazy what a difference it makes just to put a little lotion on every once in a while. So I've, I've got the, the whole thing where my knuckles are starting to uh, like crack and bleed. This is not good. Um, it used to be that way. I went to, to college in upstate New York and um, sometimes, you know, just the winter, it would just take it right out of your hands and your, your knuckles would crack and bleed. It would, it's not a good situation. You got to keep on top of it. So there I am. Hey, can I also tell you too, because I meant to tell you guys the, uh, this the other day, that we had Dr. Temple Grandin on the show with us um, the other day, and we got to talking about, she and I went to NASA uh, a couple of years ago, and um, I had an inside connection, and I arranged for a tour of NASA, the, uh, the Johnson Space Center for her and that I could be there and videotape it. And I have the videotape. I don't, you know, we got to do something with that at some point because it was amazing. Can I just tell you to be at NASA? If you're a space geek, come on. Um, and I am to be at NASA with Temple Grandin and a bunch of astronauts. Stop. Like I was in seventh heaven. But, um, you know, so we were sort of relating. At one point, we got a tour. They have a life-size model of the International Space Station on the floor. And usually when people do the extra special tour, they get to walk by it. Well, when you're Temple Granning, you get to go in it. And uh, and you're, when you're there filming with Temple Granning, you get to go in it by yourself with a camera and wait to catch the shot of Temple coming into the space station. Oh my gosh. So exciting. So um, anyway, she and I had a really good time that day <laughs> and kind of bonded over it. It was crazy, crazy good. So we were talking on the show about that, you know, this being um, in isolation kind of is sort of what it must be like for the astronauts, right? That they're up there and they're, you know, they can't go out to get groceries. They have to order them. And uh, right. And they have to get along and they have to know that it's for a period of time and that it's for greater good. And, you know, so she was making the case of let's be like the astronauts. Let's manage our things. So she called me back the other day. And of course, I'm looking for it. I don't know why I can't find it. I am going to locate it. Um, she gave me after we got all done. 
she found a website where you can go and watch videos of what it's like being in the space station. And she and I were just giggling on the phone because they had one video that was about how you make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Uh, so she was listening to it and narrating it for me. It was probably one of the funniest things that's ever happened to me in my life um, because she was just giggling away. Okay, here it is. It's called, all you have to do is Google a day in the life of the international space, aboard the International Space Station, a day in the life aboard the International Space Station, and they have tons of videos. And if your kids like that kind of thing and want to geek out, she want to make sure that I told you guys. So that's that's my message of love to you from Dr. Temple Grandin. And we're hoping to have her on again. And we're even going to see if we have the potential to um, have her on with her mom. Like, I know, crazy, crazy, crazy. Uh, Traven, I, it's like, it's set up a little bit different for me. So I don't know if they've got picture and sound or whether I'm just teeny tiny, but it's, uh, it's uh, my, tr- my non-traditional life um, is saying hello. Hello, hello, hello. We're thrilled to have you here. Uh, okay, so I uh, want to just set, talk for a second about the fact that we are here and we're going to keep being here as long as we have an internet connection. You know, like, like keep on internet, right? Uh, we're here live Monday through Friday um, at this time. It's 10 a.m. in the morning Pacific time. You know, math, it's 1 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, so you can catch us right after the Cuomo <laughs> in New York, right after the, the Cuomo, um, what do they call those? The, the live press conference for the day. Uh, and then tune into Autism Live. Um, and this is Card Spirit Week. So uh, in honor of that, we are... Um, they can't hear you yet unless you are watching the show. Um, oh, 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 I see. Talking to somebody else. Uh, okay, so uh, I just wanted to say that uh, we're doing extra shows this week. So we're going to be back here at 2 p.m. Pacific time. So do the math. That's 5 o'clock Eastern time. And we're going to be doing very special shows. I'm going to be here live with Dr. Doreen Grandpichet, and we're going to be talking about some really amazing people during this emergency that are real life heroes, real life heroes. So I'm so excited about that. Can't wait to do that um, with Dr. Grampichet at two o'clock Pacific time, 5 p.m. Eastern time. Please do the math wherever you are. Now, there are lots of ways to watch the show as always. We hope that you are tuning in in the way that fits for you. I don't know if Traven has the ability to show you uh, the graphic, <laughs> excuse me. Now I'm going to have a tickle. Uh, the graphic that uh, shows you all the different ways that you can watch the show. We love it when you guys um, tune in, um, at, whether it's on Facebook or YouTube, and give us real questions. <coughs> Excuse me. It's not COVID. It's a tickle. I promise. If you, have you seen all those memes about I have allergies, not COVID? Um, well, that's me. <coughs> Excuse me. Okay. So take a look, you know, of course you can be watching us live on Twitter, Facebook, Periscope, and YouTube. That's the live side. And you can be writing and you can um, watch fabulous. Now on the other side are all the places, some of the places actually that we podcast. It's a free podcast available on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and Deezer. Check it out. But of course, you can always be watching us at autism-live.com when you go there. 
lots and lots to do. And uh, we hope that you'll check out our library videos. If you're looking for something for your kiddos to do and you need a new reinforcer, check out our toy guide. And you can always chat anonymously at the bottom of the page. So there we go. Thrilled that you guys are here. So we've got a big, big show for you today. And um, this week, especially, we wanted to do some in-depth interviews with people and get a little bit more time with them. Cause you know, sometimes we have somebody on and it's like run on, run off and we get somebody else. So this week we, we kind of streamlined a little bit and um, we are, I know it's my view of things that is messing things up. Okay, there we go. So we, uh, we've got a great return guest who is just remarkable. That's gonna be joining us in a few minutes after we do our morning rigmarole. Um, you're gonna love her if you haven't seen her before but truly an amazing, young woman. And of course, I'm talking about Lillian Carrier. So she'll be joining us in just a few minutes. But uh, there are a couple of things that I like to say at the start of the show. And one of them is that, you know, we, we have experts on the show um, from various different aspects of the autism community. And by the way, we welcome everybody here. This is the for the larger autism community that starts, of course, with individuals on the spectrum. Of course, it starts with them. But it also includes everybody who loves them. Right, so whether that's a parent or a sibling, we've got a great sibling story for you today. Um, whether it's a teacher or grandparent, we welcome those people to be here too because we know that while everybody, it's not one size fits all, we all have one thing in common and that's that we care about individuals on the autism spectrum and making sure that they get employment opportunities, that they have housing opportunities, that they are treated with the dignity that they deserve, right? And have you know access to the resources that they need as individuals. So, you know, but on top of that, we invite experts. I always like to remind you that I am not one of them. No, um, uh, my role here is just to sort of be moderator. I used to say like an old time switchboard operator. I want to hook you up to the things that you want, and we love it when you guys write in questions and tell us what you need. So what I need is someone who can cut hair better than I, because I, have you noticed it's getting shorter? <laughs> I told Dr. Grampuche, I'm systematically desensitizing our audience to me being bald because every day I take off a little bit more. I, we're going to do a montage at some point of Shannon's hair since COVID. You will see that it has changed dramatically, much, much shorter. And it's, you know, it's just, I, I think we should have a pool to see what day am I bald? Like it's not, you know, people are having pools about what day are we going to return to? I think we should do the pool about what day will Shannon be bald on the show? Because I think that's coming sooner, folks. Uh, okay, so having said all of that, uh, we welcome you here. I hope that you will be here and and write in and tell us what you need. Because I know that, um, I know everybody's got different things going on, right? But we're all in this together. I can't stress that enough, Right. So, and I'm here with you and our guests are here with you and we care about you. So write in and tell us what you need. Having said all that, we like to start Monday morning with something we fondly refer to as the jargon of the day. This is when we take on one word, one phrase, one acronym. We try to figure out what in the hey, nani nani, are the experts talking about? What does this have to do with us? Why should we care? I don't really have time for this. Used to be my mantra, right? But the truth of the matter is, if these terms can save you time and money and energy and get you progress faster, then they're useful, right? Um, and that is the intent of us doing jargon of the day because we know that it's just so overwhelming. Oh my gosh. And you don't want to be overwhelmed. So uh, I, I loved that, speaking of my crazy hair, 
Um, somebody wrote to me over the weekend and said, you know, when I was in school, in grad school, our professor made us write little mini reports on all your jargon of the day. And we know that a lot of universities use the jargon of the day to help explain to beginning students what it's like as a parent, how we don't get these terms, right? Which is, you know, if nothing else in life, I'm so glad that there are a group of experts who understand that we don't understand their jargon. Like I, I've fulfilled my purpose on, on this planet. But he made a point of telling me that there, all the students would write these up, but their favorite part was seeing what my crazy hair looked like over the different days. I, I was like, you know, I'll take that. I'll, <laughs> I do have crazy hair. It's just one of those things that I have to live with. So there you go. Um, so it's crazy today. It's crazy. It's much shorter. I don't know if you can see. I'm just buzzing, buzzing more and more of it off. Okay. Now, now that now let's get to the important thing. The jargon today is mastery. Now, this is one of those words that's very deceiving, right? Because we all go, well, I know what mastery means. You know, I don't need you to define that for me, Shannon. Except that where it applies to autism, it's a little bit different than what we would think because it's a very specific thing, like all things in psychology, right? So let's go ahead and look at the actual definition, see if we can poke a little fun at it, and then we'll look at the working definition. So the actual definition of mastery is the point at which the child is said to have successfully acquired the target behavior determined by previously established criteria. See, they were doing okay, and then they just had to let the whole thing go to hell in a handbasket, right? Because I'm like, oh, the, the point at which the child has acquired the target behavior. I can sort of figure out what that means, but then determined by a previously established criteria, and you've lost me, right? Um, so let's take a look at our working definition and see if we can't make sense of this. And I gotta tell you, this is really deceptive because you go, oh, you know, it's just so easy, right? But, um, but stay with me. So the, the working definition is when the child has independently demonstrated the de desired skill at the desired level. Okay, so great. This is what we want, right? We want the child to learn something and we want them to be able to do it at a certain level, right? But how do, like who decides that? What's, who decided, first of all, who decided what the skill was and then how do we know that they have it? Because I know as a former teacher that sometimes you teach something to somebody and then you find out, oh, they didn't really learn that. Oh, I got to go back and reteach it, right? And if, if what we're trying to do is teach someone important life skills, we want to know that they learned it properly. So, you know, it's an old teacher trick that before you start to teach something, you decide, how will I know whether they've learned it? You just, you set parameters and you go, all right, I want to, you know, I used to teach, uh, for a while I taught ninth grade English and I was going to teach Romeo and Juliet. So before I started teaching Romeo and Juliet, there's a lot there, right? Um, to teach it, but you know, so I had to decide, I'm teaching it to ninth graders. What are the concepts that I want them to get and how will they be able to demonstrate that they got the concepts of Romeo and Juliet? So I don't just charge in blindly and go, I, I hope they got it. I hope, I hope they're able to do it. I got to have, I got to have an idea of where I'm trying to get to. So, and that's true with anything. So if we're trying to teach a child um, how to, um, you know, say please and thank you, right? We want to, we, we, you know, we say, okay, here's the targeted skill. We want them to say please and thank you in the appropriate times. Cause you don't want just, just running around saying, please, please, and thank you, thank you, right? You want them to say at the appropriate time. So how would we decide 
that that was the case? Like what would be the established criteria? And in the field of ABA, a lot of times, um, you know, to have a starting point, they'll say, okay, well, I want the child to be able to get this right. How many times out of 10? You know, do I want them? And some, and it's going to be different for each child. So for some children, we would say, I want them to get it right five times out of 10. But that's a, a reasonable amount of time to be able to appropriately say please and thank you. For other kids, we're going to say we want it eight out of 10. And for some kids, we might say nine out of 10, right? Depending on, you know, what, how important it is to that family and to that individual and what they're doing in their life. And what the skill is, right? Because for instance, if I'm going to teach them to appropriately cross the street safely, five times out of 10 is not going to work and nor is eight or nine. They got to get it a hundred percent of the time, right? So first of all, we say, I think that this is the appropriate criteria that we're, you know, that they're going to do it eight out of 10 times, for instance, um, that they're able to do it. But because we know that sometimes our kids are tricky and they, um, have different ways of doing things. Like there's the kiddo who never gets it right on the first try um, because they're learning in the lesson and they, and they have a short-term memory deficit. So they never get it right on the first try. And, but then once they are reprompted, they get it and they get the rest of them right. So they're getting nine out of 10, but they've always get the first one wrong. So that's not really them having learned it. They haven't really mastered it. It's just that they can learn it again in the moment and have their memory refreshed. So we might add other things onto it. Say they have to get eight out of 10 right and they must get it right on the first trial. So it's very individualized, but this is the thing. So often, so much is happening in a moment and we're teaching so many different things. And sometimes our kids get left behind when we teach way too many things in a moment. So it's really important that when we're teaching something, especially to young learners or someone who's struggling, you could be 35 years old and you're trying to learn a concept that's important to you and you're struggling. It's really important to slow down and go, okay, what am I teaching here? Because everything else I'm not going to worry about right now. Everything else we can worry about in a different moment, maybe even on a different day. So mastery really helps you to get very specific and go, here's what I'm teaching. Here's what it's going to look like when we're there. Um, and, and I can put specific things in so that I know that I've taught it well. And good ABA providers will always set a mastery criteria before teaching a lesson, always. Um, and then they, they don't necessarily cling to it like a crazy person, right? Because they'll begin to teach and they know what the learner is doing. And if, for instance, they see, oh, they're not getting it right on the first try, then we shift techniques and we change the mastery criteria. It's not about the mastery criteria driving the bus, but it's having a place to start and then noticing, is that helping us to get where we want to go? I always love to give the analogy about, you know, when a plane takes off from Los Angeles to go to New York, that over 50% of the time it's off course, but the pilot keeps checking to go, okay, I gotta, I gotta go this way. I gotta go that way. And they arrive in New York, but they kept checking to see where they're going. So mastery helps us to set a criteria and say, okay, this is the path we're taking. Oh, look, we got off there. Okay. We're going to adjust the mastery criteria so that we get to the final place, which is that the, the individual, not necessarily a child, the individual has uh, a basic understanding of this and is able to do this in different settings with different people um, in different circumstances. So that's mastery.
that's what we all want, right? And then for mastery, we want, we want to jump to generalization, which we'll talk about probably tomorrow. Uh, I think that is the, I think if I'm not mistaken, that is the jargon for tomorrow. Because a lot of times I like to put them together. Okay, so that's mastery and super duper important. Moving on, we always have a question of the day. And our question today is very apropos. Have you watched Everything's Gonna Be Okay? Have you watched it? Because if you haven't, I really want you to take a couple of minutes. And I want you to watch the show. And you'll see our guest is an actress who's on the show and somebody who's very important to the show and is a consultant on the show. Um, you know, we have turned into diehard fans of autism life. I got to see the pilot months ago and I was talking about it, talking about it to everybody. And then of course the show uh, aired and it's the entire first season is available now. And um, it's funny because we all talk about this show and say, we love it. We're addicted to this show, but we all have to watch it like this. <laughs> like, like we're like, oh my gosh, like most of the show um, because it's that out there, you guys. It's on Freeform, but you can watch it on Hulu. Um, and it's really incredible. Now, I will say this, this is not for your little kids. This is a very adult content. Um, I would say though, if you have a teenager who's on the autism spectrum, you definitely should be watching this yourself and that you should uh, consider which shows and how you would want to sit and talk about this with your teenager as a springboard to the conversations that we all need to be having with our teenagers as uncomfortable as we may be about it. They, these are essential questions. Um, they're, you know, there are many things we're going to talk. We're going to talk, <laughs> but, but you need, oh my gosh, it's so funny, you guys. I find myself mourning a little bit in this isolation about the fact that it's not still on because I, Josh Thomas, who is the writer and uh, the creator and the star of the show, I just, I'm dying to know what his take on COVID is just dying to know uh, what it would be like for this family to be in isolation. I, the, just the very thought of it, I, I just, oh my gosh. Um, okay, so watch it, watch it, and then write to us and tell us what you think. Be prepared, you're gonna be shocked. I'm just gonna tell you right now, it's shocking, um, it's so good. So, 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 so good. Okay, um, and then we always have a topic of the week and our topic this week to get us through, helping us, um, is very simple. What are you passionate about? I loved that somebody asked the question um, the other day of Dr. Temple Grandin about, you know, what, you know, how do I know the difference between something that my child is, is essentially passionate about? That wasn't quite how they worded it, but essentially, you know, the difference between being passionate about something and perseverating on it. And I loved her answer because she said, you know, it's just a matter of how you utilize it. But the truth of the matter is, is that most successful people in this world who've gotten really good about something, I'm sure that at some point somebody said that they were perseverating on it. And too often, I think that the things that folks on the spectrum are fascinated about and into and and that are perseverating on, you know, um, sometimes people get real emotional about that. I think it's passion. Um, and, you know, I, I think um, if the parents that I have seen that have um, said, I'm gonna feed that passion, 
have found that their kids don't go down a well where that's all they do, but instead it opens them up to the world and the world to them. So I'd love to hear from you guys. What are you passionate about? I'm, I'm passionate about helping you to find the answers that you need. That's what I'm passionate about. I'm also passionate about my kid. I'm passionate about fireworks. I'm passionate about uh, the universe and, and, you know, I'm passionate about a lot of things, <laughs> um, but uh, I, I want to hear from you. What are you passionate about? Okay. Now I told you that we have an amazing guest on the show today. So, and it is a cast member from everything's going to be okay. We are welcoming back to the show, Lillian Carrier. She plays Drea on everything's going to be okay. And she's an amazing actress and we're so thrilled. I think that we're welcoming her right now to come into the show. Lillian, are you there? She was in the waiting room. Let's see if they're able to connect her in so that uh, that she can be here with us. She's there. Lillian, good morning. Can you hear me? Hi, Lillian. How are you? I'm good. It's so good to see you. Uh, you know, are you stuck in the rain too? Uh, raining right now, but it is very gloomy. It looks like it could rain any minute, and it was okay. raining. Okay, it's we're getting downpour here, and you may even hear some of it on because uh, I'm, I, you know, I'm in a part of my house where uh, it's really loud on the roof. Uh, and normally I love that, but for a broadcast, it maybe isn't the best thing. So, Lillian, welcome back to the show, and we're we're so excited because since the last time you were on the show, the the final the season finale of Everything's Gonna Be Okay aired, and you had another. Um, uh, role on uh, a, a hit show that you did. Tell us about that. Okay, so um, I made an appearance on NCIS New Orleans in the role of Rachel Kinnaman. Um, it was really cool. So she is on the spectrum herself, another autistic character, super cool. Um, and the beginning of the episode opened with her father hanging out eating breakfast and all of a sudden there's gunfire and chaos and you don't know if her father is dead or alive and on the run and it's all crazy. <laughs> and, and so uh, what was that like for you as an actress? Were you, was that super fun? Was that, uh, was hard? It was new it was but it was really it was really fun i really enjoyed it definitely a new challenge but um everyone on set was amazing they all made me feel very comfortable and uh the amazing thing about the set was all already had experience with autism and because in my experience when i had experience with it um they don't know if you're capable ask you and like there's always a I don't know if they can do this but they have a PA on their show it's absolutely everyone's favorite person and he is on the <laughs> spectrum himself and his name is Desmond and he's just the coolest person ever so when I showed up they're like yeah like she got cast in the role she can do it there's no question which was amazing to experience I love that because I don't you know I don't know that everybody realizes what a difference it is. I know at one point in my life, I didn't 
I wasn't aware of individuals on the autism spectrum. And then the more I met people on the spectrum, the more, um, the more comfortable I was. And now it seems shocking to me that people have this thought wondering if somebody on the spectrum is capable of fill in the blank, right? Because I know so many people on the spectrum and I know it's different for all people. But for you to be on a set where, where people have already had that experience, where it's, it's already been demystified, um, it had to have been just that much more fun for you to be there because you didn't have to go over that hurdle. Mm-hmm. Is that pretty much it? Yeah, that's pretty much it. And it was really cool having him on there as he took really good care of me and was able to like really understand, oh, predict what I need and stuff because he's been in my position and not the same exact one. Very helpful. You know, we're talking a little bit in the chat and I'm just gonna, I'm gonna go ahead and, cause at, we were talking about later on having your sister join us yes. um, on, on the show. And um, we very much are very, I misunderstood and thought you guys were in the same location. Uh, I, I don't know why it didn't occur to me that you're probably sheltering in different places. So if you wanna take a second and not where anybody else can see, but in the, in the chat here, uh, if you would give the email address uh, to our producer, he will email the link to your sister so that she can get on with us. Oh, she's already there. He's already taken care of it. Traven is so on top of it. So wonderful. We'll we'll have her join in just a few minutes. So I wanted to go back and talk a little bit about everything's going to be okay. Because this show, Lillian, 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 this show, it is just, it has turned into like our favorite thing but I don't know if you heard me say that, you know, Traven loves it too, but we watch it and we watch like this. Do you find people saying that? That I watch and I go, I can't look. Oh my gosh. Over and over and over. It's just so shocking, but it's so hilarious. Do you, do you have other viewers that are telling you that they find themselves like having to like cover their faces and cover their eyes because they're so, they're, they're like, oh my gosh, that's happening. Or am I the only person? I feel it's it's more the parent side because. <laughs> Are you saying we're funny daddies? Thinking of your children in that situation is very different than thinking of yourself in that situation, right? I'm sure you're right. I'm sure you're right. I, I suddenly feel very. My individuals on the spectrum has been like, I can't believe that you're doing this. Like it's showing we're capable of these things. It's like I'm just really happy that it's out there and we're, you know, you're not handling us with kid gloves and we're yeah. not just the comic relief. Like we are characters, we have stories and we have capabilities to handle those stories. Yeah, and the, the stories are varied and different and, and there is, there's a lot of discussion about sex on the show. That's one of the things that I find myself going, oh my gosh, um, but it is by no means the only thing. It seems like everything is on the table and the things that the teenagers say to each other um you know even there was the one scene when you guys are all there and um the the mother from australia is on the big screen and having a conversation with you guys and i just i had to pick myself up off the floor because i kept falling off the sofa i was laughing and screaming and jumping up and down and going oh my goodness Uh, right 
I mean, it's hard to, it's hard to watch and not, it feels like an interactive experience um, that, you know, you find yourself going, oh no, or, oh, I can't believe they just said that. Um, it's, it's like my favorite guilty pleasure right now. So it is, it is available. The show is for Freeform and it's on Freeform, but it's also available. The whole of season one is available on Hulu. Please tell me that you guys have been picked up for season two. We haven't been informed yet. We're still waiting. Oh my gosh. No, I'm sorry. That's unacceptable. Who do I have to call? I can't, you can't leave me here. I know I we're can't. all just like sitting here going, tell us. No, I, did you hear me say at the beginning? I like all, I, I'm so, I, I, I want to be in that house right now to see how they're dealing with seclusion. I want to see how your character is, is dealing with your relationship long distance and not being able to be there. I want to see this. I can't stand it. Um, I find myself thinking about it. This is crazy. Uh, so we have to, hey, Freeform, uh, this is Shannon. Come on already. Uh, green light season two. Um, now, for, for people who aren't watching, tell them a little bit about Drea and, and what her deal is. Um, okay, so Drea is, so she's 17 in high school. Um, she and Matilda are seniors. Um, she comes in in episode two, and I think her entrance is absolutely like the best scene ever. Um, it's a great introduction. She just says like whatever on her mind, there's no filter and it's all quirky crazy. Um, and yeah, she is the, she is the person who comes in and goes, Matilda, whoa, what are you doing now? Um, and she really has Matilda's back and she's really her like close friend in this trio of friendship. Um, and while Matilda goes off on her crazy adventures, she's just going, oh, that, I just love her. I, I just love, the thing I love about Drea is that she is, she is the embodiment of that honesty. Yeah. Um, that she says what she's thinking, even if it's, you know, cause so often people are like, well, I didn't want to tell the truth and hurt somebody's feelings. I, I, I think what's, often people misunderstand that for folks on the spectrum, they're not looking to hurt anybody's feelings and they care about other people's feelings, but they're gonna tell the truth because they feel it's the right thing to do. And, and, and I just love that Drea is so true to herself always. Even when, even when somebody is trying to tell her, well, you need to be this way for me, she manages to stand up for herself and speak up for herself and say, that's not really me. This is what I'm comfortable with. Um, I, I just find her such a delightful uh, breath of fresh air. There, I, I don't want to spoil for people who haven't watched, but your character falls in love. Yes. We won't say with who, but it's fabulous. And there is a moment that is so divine to me where um, you, your character, you know, says the big, you know, I love you and, and you're, the way you express it as an actress and what happens, I'd love to know like how much of that was scripted and how much of that did you add? Like it's, 
when things are really good, like it's impossible, you know, you don't think about it till afterwards, but I want to know, did Josh write it that way? How much input did you have? It's just one of the most delightful moments I've seen on television in my life. Okay, so um, for the consulting, it's it's blurred how much I had input and how much was already in his head um, because there was a lot of it. We had many conversations with each other where I never saw the script. Mm. It was just him asking questions, me giving feedback, me talking about what I wanted to see um, and the things I didn't like about other shows. And like one of my main things I asked is I want stimming to just be accepted. I want stimming to be beautiful. Um, I want it to come out in very positive moments and not just negative moments. And so that's something that's seen throughout it. And then that I love you scene where those such intense moments come out um, it was put in there, um, and it was, uh, so the chew necklace that, she, um, Drea has that was included because of me. I had a meeting with him and some of the other writers and they asked questions about it. And then the next day I got the script and it was included in there. And then working in the service dog, um, in that scene is that, Luke? that day we, we were discussing like it was just stimming and then he's like we don't have a lot of you actually using Duke in the series let's just put him put it in this scene and see if it works if not we'll cut it and then it ended up just flowing so beautifully having all of those aspects together but yeah most of it was written in the script at the table read um, and for people who dog. don't know, the service dog that's on the show is your actual service dog. Is that him that we're hearing right there? That we are we heard? That's actually little... my mom's dog. Oh, <laughs> it's not attention. even. But is is Luke there with you? Yeah, Luke is here with me. He's just over here. Okay, Luke, well, here. let's see if we can get him on screen. I don't know if we can. Hey, Luke. He was in our studio just like a month ago. There he is. Hello, He's Luke. Here. You're so beautiful. And he is so, he is so good mannered. Uh, he is just a charmer. He is, but he's on the show playing the role of he's, his name is Luke, but he's on the show playing Duke. Mm -hmm. um, and he, he is delightful on the show as well. Um, we're just thrilled to see him there. Now, um, you know, you had done a little bit of acting before this. Is that correct? I've done like everything theater in like high school years back but it nothing like this this was absolutely this was my so was it was it first thing yeah was it your intention did you ever say to somebody look I want to be a, a working actress was that what your goal was or or are you no, literally it was, it was never a plan of mine I mean I always thought it might be a cool thing to do but it was never initiated as a plan it was never like a big dream of mine I just enjoyed learning and hanging out with my friends during it and that was I had fun doing it in high school but no um my plan was either to go into some sort of biology field and then I ended up in school um uh, going for a teacher's certificate to hopefully wow. work in like elementary school, preschool, and then maybe work my way up to eventually be a biology teacher. But like school is really hard for me. Um, so I didn't know if I could make it to that level. And yeah, I um, was in college at the time. I was taking one class um, for my teaching degree and the audition came up 
for Matilda, and I went for it. And and ended up with the the role of Drea. And yeah, um, but so now, now has this all changed for you? Now is it your intention to be a an actress? For the rest of your life, or you? Um, I'm gonna ride this ride as long as I can. I, yeah. I don't know if this will be the rest of my life, but it's definitely something I'm pursuing. I have an agent and a manager now, and I'm um, learning about the industry and how to audition and do all that. And I've gone on a couple, and so I got NCIS. Um, and yeah, hopefully this continues. Um, but in the meantime, I do autism most days, and then audition whenever I get a chance. Well, great segue. Let's talk a little bit about autism, and you tell me when you want your sister to come in. Yeah, um, that's be part of the conversation. About okay, so Chloe, can we, can uh, Traven, can we have Chloe join us? And maybe, if you wouldn't mind, Lillian, would you introduce your sister to us? Okay, so I have a twin sister. Her name is Chloe. Um, together along with my mom, we founded a nonprofit called Artism that supports adults on the spectrum. Hello, Chloe. Hi, Chloe. I, I, you know, I, I sort of met you a couple of weeks ago at the tweet event, but, um, but I don't think I actually like, I, I don't think we had a big long conversation and I didn't realize was, is that your dog that was there that night? Yeah. And what is your dog's name? Benji. 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 I had a longer conversation with Benji, but so thrilled that you're here. And and Chloe, am I right that you also work um, as your sister's assistant on set? Is that true? Yeah. Well, actually, as Luke's assistant. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I love that Luke has an assistant. I absolutely love that. So what kinds of things were you doing on set? So I was making sure that Luke was taken care of, that he ate his meals at the right time, that he um, went to the bathroom when he, every few hours. So he's he has a pretty regular schedule. So I would um, make sure that all that was taken care of so that Lillian didn't have to worry about that. She could just focus on her job. Um, and then she didn't have to like stop everything if Luke was in a scene and be like, hey, we all need to stop so my dog could do something. So I did that. So she didn't feel like she was getting in trouble. And so, um, yeah. And then I also um, would, if she needed food or anything, I would run and grab her food. So um, what I like to do um, is she had like her favorite um, breakfast kind of stuff. So I would grab like her favorite donut if they had donuts out and I would, um, and she would go straight to like hair and makeup and I would have, I would bring food to that trailer and I would put food in her dressing room and water and stuff so that she had whatever she needed wherever she went. Um, so that she didn't have to worry about that, all that kind of stuff while she was um, memorizing lines and running around doing whatever she needed to do. And as I recall, uh, when you were on the show before Lillian, you said that this was really essential for you, that you, you mm-hmm. could not have been free to do what you did on the show had your sister not been helping you. But I can't imagine 
I mean, you're both young, talented women and, you know, to see your sister, I mean, it's wonderful seeing your sister get, getting to shine like that, yeah. but to be, to, but, but to be her assistant and sometimes when it's all about her and you're the person to get the water, was it ever, you know, did it ever, did you guys ever have uh, disagreements about it? Did you ever feel like you were on the back burner or were you just okay with it, Chloe? No, I was so happy for her. Um, I mean, honestly, I was just happy to be there because I love film and I just like was grateful to be on set when I really didn't have much of a reason to be there besides supporting her. And like, I've seen her for years. Um, she's been acting since I can remember, like since she could talk, like <laughs> she was on stage, maybe even before that. And she never got a huge part. And I was always like, oh my God, she's beyond talented. Like she could be getting Academy Awards. She's like at this higher level. And like, it was, I'm like, am I going crazy? Cause no one else saw this. And then she auditions and gets the, a part written for her on a show. And I'm like, okay, someone else at least sees this <laughs> talent, you know? And so I was like, so happy for her and seeing her validated in the way like everyone was was validating her on this set that like, I've never seen before it was just incredible to see that well I gotta say what a remarkable sister you are and Lillian how lucky are you to that you for both of you how lucky are both of you to have each other what a wonderful thing I'm impressed uh, that two sisters could be so wonderful I, I gotta say, it just from like meeting uh, uh, the members of the cast that I have, it seems like it's probably a very fun set to be on. Is that true from both of you? Oh yeah, yeah. It's I, very goofy, silly. We all have a great time. Um, I think Kayla is the most serious one on set. That she's very particular, and like we all respect that. That she's you know got to be focused, got to do things in her way but for the most part it's a very goofy fun set and we're all messing around yeah. and having a great time well and josh thomas i mean how brilliant and talented is he uh you know he he the if we're seeing just a sliver of what goes on in his head he's got to be one of the funniest people i've ever seen is he just is he very focused on the set too or is he just hilarious fun so he wears every hat. So he, you know, producer, writer, um, star. He's so he is just chaotic, running everywhere, trying to do everything at the same time. So while he does have his goofy silliness, he's very much just everywhere all the time. And you're like, but yes, he he's like he keeps he keeps it fun. My first day on set, um, he was running literally around the entire set. So I was watching Lillian do one of the scenes in, in the classroom and Josh came running by in heels and then came running by a second time, like five minutes later in tennis shoes. And I was like, why did he change his shoes? What's going on? <laughs> I found out later that the heels was something he was gonna wear on the show that he needed to break in. Yeah. I think it was in the, um, a scene where he danced so he was literally running around set with the headset on listening to the scene while breaking in his shoes and he would run the reason he was running 
uh, past me was he was going to set to tell someone some some note about the acting or directing. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even imagine because the show is so so hilarious. Uh, I remember the scene where he was dancing in the heels. Too much fun. Yeah. A couple of people have written in and said some things. Donna wants you to know that it's so, so cool to see stimming accepted, Lillian, because I know how important that was to you. And she says echolalia too. Um, and then Heather says it's uh, to both of you, it's incredible to see how much you've both grown as uh, people since taking on this role. So uh, truly wonderful. And Heather, thank you for writing that in. Um, probably somebody who must know you both. Um, <clears throat> so um, tell us about ourtism. We were going to talk about that. So Chloe, just somewhere you want to Well, ourtism um, started because after high school, we couldn't really find any, any programs that or services that were really working for us. And um, or that even existed. So we started um, just talking about like all the things that we wish existed. And I remember all these um, people in our town when they would like, would get a diagnosis or the kid would get a diagnosis, we were the go-to people, like, what do we do now? And so we started to go like, why are we waiting for someone else to create this? why don't we? And so we started, that's sort of how artism started. And we were pretty much doing it before we made it an official company. <laughs> um, and so some of the things I wanted was like, just someone older or further along in their autism journey that I could talk to about the things I was going to. So we started mentorships. Um, we started a a life map program where you meet with um, someone who helps you break down your goals into manageable achievements once a week. We started support groups um, and social um, activities. And all, just all Sounds these. amazing. Yeah. Where can people go to find out more information? Uh, artism.com. Okay. And then um, is it just, can people only participate in your community or is it something people can participate at, uh, with from a distance? Well, right now it's uh, worldwide because we're all, everything's online right now. We're not doing anything, but we do <clears throat> in class as well, normally, but right now, and also everything um, all the way through May, I believe, is free right now. If you wanted to try out any of our services for the next month or two and see if you like it. Okay, cool. Um, and, um, you know, we didn't really talk about this in the beginning because I sort of feel like it, it, you know, I don't know whether it's anecdotal or not. But, um, you know, I, I had had the opportunity to talk to Lillian before on the show, but not not with you, Chloe. So, yeah. People are asking questions uh, on, you know, in the in the in the chat and and online, um, and on our live feature about. So Lillian, um, I always hate to ask people to disclose what their diagnosis is, and I'm and I'm not going to ask you guys, but if you choose to, I guess I, I could say that if you choose to talk about how you identify yourself, um, they're asking how you guys each identify yourselves. Oh, so we're very open about this, that I, yeah, 
autistic, 100% autistic, mm-hmm. um, diagnosed at the age of 16. Yeah, we were diagnosed at the same time. <laughs> so, yeah. Are you the only two kids in your family or do you have brothers and sisters? We have another sister. Okay. And, uh, you know, obviously we're, we're not going to ask her, she's not here to identify herself, but um, I, I would imagine that how um, you, you are, even though you're twins and you both have this, this diagnosis, I would imagine that you are still very much your very own people and that you have very different um, issues and needs and concerns. Is that true? Or are there things that you guys have very much in common? Oh uh, yeah, we're very, very different people. We're almost opposite. very, very different needs. <laughs> <laughs> are you willing to talk about that a little bit? Like what what are what are the things that are particularly of interest to you, Lily, and what are the things that you struggle with, maybe? Oh uh, yeah. So I love rules and logic and everything fitting in their perfect box. And when it doesn't, like my mind breaks down and I have like huge trouble comprehending and all I want to do is solve it and usually when that case happens and there are gray areas in life there isn't a solution and that just I can't handle that that's a Mm. huge problem where Chloe seems to just live in the gray area a lot of times is that true Chloe yeah I yeah (laughs) interesting Um, I'm yeah, I'm cool with not having answers to everything. I think it's even kind of cool. To like, <laughs> that so I got to say in this, possibilities. this COVID isolation, which is driving a lot of people bonkers uh, because we want answers and people want to know when is it going to end? How are you both coping with this? Um, I think... Um, for the most part, I'm doing pretty well. I have um, a friend staying with me who normally lives alone. So she has to come stay with me during this time. And she's keeping me sane. Uh, but recently I've uh, just gotten used to hanging out with friends, which is a very new thing for me. And I, I miss that. And so this is a new feeling I'm dealing with. Um, have you tried hanging out like in this format on a, on a Zoom chat? Yeah, I, 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 don't, I don't like it so much. <laughs> it's, it's weird. It's, yeah. It, you know, there's like a lag and, you know, I always feel like I'm interrupting people, but it's better than nothing, yeah. but it's not the same. Right. Not the same. And Lillian, how about for you? I've been doing pretty well. I've been just mostly doing work, been very busy, so I haven't had much time to think about it. I know at the beginning I dove in and did like tons of research on it but now I just feel like that just drives me crazy and it's not a good idea to do that so like I stick away from like the news and information and I'm just like is it over yet just just tell me that I don't even know anything else I think a lot of us are that way but I'm curious what kind of work are you doing is it school work no I'm not in school right now um because I have a job and I'm hopefully the acting continues so I don't the teacher. I might go back to that eventually. I don't know. Um, but but it, it's artism. So it was my, a lot of the things converting it to online was me doing lots of research on what programs are out there and figuring out how to make it work. And 
I, man, it's, it's what everybody's doing right now. Yeah. So, um, okay, I'm reading what somebody is saying. Somebody says, thank you for sharing gray. How about light blue or Chloe's own rainbow? Uh, instead of saying that she's hanging out in a gray, that she's hanging out in her own rainbow. I like that. Um, okay. Uh, okay. They're asking about twin. It seems so hard to find programs for adults in general. I struggle to su find support in adult medical care, both for my autism and the set of birth defects I was born with. The part of that is both conditions are studied a lot in kids, even though they are lifelong conditions. So, um, but the part about, um, you know, finding programs for adults in general, that's part of what you guys are solving with Artism, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. So what kinds of things are available right now through Artism right, so in this COVID isolation? Um. So we have a life map program, which is an individualized coaching um, where the client has some sort of goal, whatever it is, um, and we help them plan and figure out how to meet that said goal uh, with, you know, whatever executive functioning they need help with. Um, and again, they would go to ourtism.com yeah, if they want to do that. And yeah. is it you guys doing the coaching or is it somebody else? Uh, we, the two of us don't do coaching. Um, we do have someone on the spectrum that does coaching as well okay. as a couple of people off the spectrum. Um, and it would be based on like your needs and your wants and who you want to work with. Wonderful. And Wonderful. then there's mentorship, which is less formal and could be more emotion-based. And um, it's, you match with someone who's a little above you and has been through what you've been through. So if you're in high school, you can match with someone just out of high school and talk about what you're going through. And the mentor will be someone who's experienced what you've experienced and can help you through whatever situation that is. If it's, you're looking for a job with someone who just got a job, it's, um, we're hoping to get more people involved in that. But I love that. It seems like- I love that. It was something I really wanted growing up because it felt like everyone I met was lower because I was in programs that were that way. And then it, someone who's above me was usually neurotypical. And I wanted someone who's like just right at that level that could explain yeah. to me. Like, yeah, uh, what a very that. helpful thing. You know? I love it. And again, people can go to ourtism, O-U-R-tism.com. Uh, Chad writes in and says, I think the dogs are having the hardest time. Do you think that's true? Are the dogs having a harder time than you guys? Yeah. Uh, As service dogs, they're used to being out in the world like everyone else. So they're just so antsy and really want to be working again. Are you guys able where you live to take them for walks and be safe? Yeah. Um, a little bit, but right now there's just a lot of people walking. Yeah around our street seems to be a main street because the trails closed. So they use our street as the trail. Yeah, it's, I, we were, I have a big dog that's a rescue dog and she needs exercise. She needs to be walked in. In the beginning, it was great because nobody was out on the streets, mm -hmm. but now it's like, it's crazy how many people are out and, it, and she's not good with that. She loses her mind. She turns into Cujo. Uh, they also wanted uh, me to say to you that they said, love you both really beautiful. 
you guys are really beautiful and you are unbelievably we've we've finished the hour and it's such a bummer but um i hope that people will visit our our tism o-u-r-t-i-s-m dot com and see all the things that you guys have that are available and participate with you what's that lillian we have a lot of things out there so please look us up there's probably something for you and um definitely go and check out the entire first season of everything's going to be okay and Mm -hmm. we, we need to start a letter writing campaign or something i know that everything is a little in flux right now but you know, we are going to return uh, to doing production and we need to see season two of everything's going to be okay. I can't live without it. So we're not allowing that to happen. It's, you know, they have to do it. Uh, I don't care who I have to call. Um, if I have to go lay in the road with a mask on my face, but they need to do a season two, I need this. Uh, we all do. And for those of you who haven't watched it, you need to go watch it to see why. And uh, what is the name of the episode on NCIS? So if they missed it, they can go and watch it on demand. Uh, Relentless, episode 15, I believe. All right. I, you know, I'm very squeamish and have a hard time watching those shows, but I'm going to pledge to you that I'm going to go watch your episode. Uh, But I, NCIS tends to give me nightmares. (laughs) like i'm one of those it's more emotion based it's okay it's it's a cute story Um, all right i'm gonna go watch it uh so ladies i thank you so much for being here with us and we're gonna look forward to hearing more and chloe thank you so much for joining us all right thanks and and give my love to the dogs too all right thank you guys Uh, I'm just going to finish out the show here, you guys, and say that we are back here at 2 p.m. Pacific time featuring heroes during this COVID emergency. Don't forget uh, to be here with us. Uh, I'm going to be live with Dr. Doreen Grampichet. It's a very special week. We're just doubling up our shows. If you're a card parent, don't forget to open your email because we're sending you emails about the live webinars that we are doing because we're doubling those up today, too. Tomorrow, on tomorrow's show, so excited, we're having Matt Asner and Nava Paskowitz Asner. They're going to be talking with us about the Ed Asner Family Center and some of the online things that they have going on that are wonderful resources as well. On Wednesday, it's Ask Dr. Doreen. On Thursday, we're going to have Bonnie Yates with us pretty much for the whole hour, giving you the 411 about what you need to know in this emergency about your upcoming IEP meeting or what's happening with your child while they're doing long distance learning at home. And then on Friday, Friday, we've got a very special show. Uh, Many of you have written in and said that you have questions about eating and food while we're in this emergency. And it's a great time. I know it's, it doesn't, I, I know immediately people are going to be like, what are you talking about? It's so hard to get groceries. Um, but the truth of the matter is, is that um, some of the things we're going to be talking about are more readily available, to be honest. And now more than ever, keeping our kids healthy and eating good, healthy food that's well-sourced is super important, right? We all need to be taking care of our core health. So on Friday, Julie Matthews, she is the person Um, she is the founder of Nourishing Hope. She's been working in this field longer than anybody else. And she is the expert that I can bring you about diet, 
for our kiddos uh, and teens and adults ecosystems, and really for us as well. So Julie Matthews is gonna be here. She's gonna be, I'm told she's gonna tell us the three things that we need to know in this COVID emergency to be keeping our kids on a healthy diet. So that's on Friday during Let's Talk Autism with Shannon and Nancy. It's gonna be a great week. I'll see you back here in just a couple of hours. Don't forget 2 p.m. Pacific time. So 5 p.m. Eastern time back here with Heroes with Dr. Doreen Grampuche. Until then, give your kiddos a hug from me and one for you too. Bye-bye for now.